You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Rain. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello world, welcome back to Mission Lab. It has been a long, long time, I think since February of 2020. I don't know if you noticed, but a few things have happened since my last episode. And uh, this is episode 85, and I'm titling it Church at the End of the World. Sounds like a very daunting, intimidating title, but I wanted to share some reflections on life and church and mission and and what we see going on right now, um, yeah. There's been a, a a huge pandemic, of course. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but initially, um, one would have expected that I would pump out these episodes a little bit more during this pandemic because of the extra time at home I would have. But it actually was the opposite. I found myself. Um, not able to to work as freely in such pursuits. So I've been anxious for a while to get something out. In fact, the other day I was listening to an old episode of an interview I did, and when I heard that music coming on uh, with the kids, then my kids, you know, doing the introduction, it just make me made me all nostalgic, and I said I gotta do some more episodes. So I actually do have a few lined up. I have um, ones, other ones that I've already recorded, but this one is coming before them in order because I just want to uh, share some reflections on church in the age of coronavirus, church at the end of the world. And um, this is actually a little, a little insider information the second time I've recorded this episode because I wasn't excited about the first go through of it. So yeah, uh, church at the end of the world, church uh, in the age of coronavirus. First, let me get it out of the way. Do I believe it's the end of the world? Uh, Maybe, very well could be. I know that sounds kind of depressing to some people or scary or like I'm an alarmist. I happen to be of a, in a faith community that believes that Jesus is coming back soon. I don't apologize for that perspective. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I just live to, like, I don't, I don't live to promote change and justice and all of that in the present world. In fact, my next episode, I'm going to be talking about what we can do along those lines when it comes to racism, anti-racism, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm not this doomsday preacher, but yeah, I think it could be kind of like, like winding down scripturally. We see that, that it will happen at some point, but Um, either way, either way, life as we know it now, whether it's the end of the world or not the end of the world, uh, life is different. And one of the things I did want to talk about, this is the main, uh, reason for this particular topic is especially in this age of coronavirus in this age of, of the pandemic, I see a lot of Christians who are lamenting the fact that we cannot meet anymore or if we do it has to be in small little groups and you know there's also conspiracies going on about how the government this is just another indication of how the government is out to get christianity and they're anti-christian and all this stuff and 
I actually think the opposite about all this, which may not be a surprise to those of you who have been faithful listeners of Mission Lab, I think this is actually an incredible opportunity. I think this is an incredible gift. I don't want to diminish the significance of death and tragedy that's happened through coronavirus. I'm not saying that God wanted it to happen, but I do think that this is an opportunity given to us uh, by God, again, not to say he wanted it to happen, but an opportunity for us to recapture what it means to be the church, what it means to be God's people. I think, uh, I, for me personally, I would be thrilled if we were never allowed to have more than 50 people, 50 persons sitting together in one room ever again. I think that so many of us have focused for far too long on the idea of church being uh, a crowd. Like that's the whole goal of church to get as many people as we can to, to be in the same room together at one time. I'm being very uh, general, of course, I'm being a little facetious, but like we've, we've, we judge our success as a church largely and almost exclusively based upon how many people we can get to come to our events and programs. And I think this is a chance, this is an opportunity for us to understand that that is not what this is all about. Church being God's people, being the church is not about drawing a crowd. It's about being community together, which requires small crowds. It's about being community together, living life together, doing life together, and going outside of our walls and addressing the real needs and the real problems that people are facing in everyday life. So it's about being the presence of Jesus outside the walls of our buildings, outside the very limited window in which we gather together. And it's about being God's people together in the world in everyday life. So I, I fear, however, that many churches, many church people will not take advantage of the opportunity we've been given. I'm worried that many of us will, like the only thing we'll, we will have learned through this whole pandemic uh, is that we just need to add a live streaming option for our worship services. And if that is the major takeaway, if that is, if that is a major, not even the major, but that if that is a, a considerable part of the equation, like if we think that's one of the most important things that we need to start doing post coronavirus, then we will have really, really missed this incredible opportunity to recapture the vision that God has for the church. Of course, right there in the beginning of the book of Acts, um, they didn't really know much about buildings and, uh, you know, 90 minute worship services. What, what church was for them was life in community, life on mission and life as disciples of Jesus. So, um, life and life on life as well. So what, what God is, I think, inviting us to do is to, to see that vision again. Um, you know, the reality is, as we look at 
I think the things that cannot be replicated uh, by Zoom, um, you know, uh, I, I've been reading this book called Analog Church, and it's a very interesting and intriguing um, it was actually published ironically, like on March 31. So it was like right as coronavirus was hitting. I think that was probably providential. But um, he talks about how churches these days are going so digital. Everything's digital. You know, we're trying to figure out how to stream ourselves all the way around the world to get as many, you know, viewers and, and online engagements as we can. And, and I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. Um, the author of the book, I like how he puts it. He says, digital informs, but analog transforms. So there's a place for, um, there's a place for digital communication, digital church, so to speak, but it can't ultimately do the, the, the real task of, of life on life discipleship. And so what are the things that really like can't be replicated digitally? Um, interestingly, I did a, a very unscientific poll the other day on Facebook and Instagram about um, the question was simply this, have you missed, quote, going to church? And um, it was fascinating. Again, this is very unscientific between Instagram and Facebook, the results were interesting. About 45% of the respondents said, yes, they had missed, quote, going to church, which means 55% or the vast majority of people said, no, they had not missed going to church. And then I followed up and I asked you know, people what it is that they have missed and what it is that they have not missed about, quote, going to church. Um, the things that were uh, missed were, they, they, no one said anything about, man, I miss really hearing good preaching. Because everybody knows you can hear preaching sitting in your own living room, sitting in your bed, you know, just download whatever podcast you want to, live stream, whatever, whoever your favorite preacher is. Um, we don't need to go to a building to hear a, a good sermon. Um, we can just pop in our AirPods, whatever it is. Um, we don't need that. But, but what was missed, the vast majority of people said, what was missed was the fellowship. What was missed was the person-to-person, life-on-life, in-the-flesh community that simply cannot be replicated via Zoom. As great as Zoom has been, as great as it has, you know, I think uh, it has been helpful during this time. What has been missed is the the real in-person, skin-to-skin type of fellowship and discipleship. That is easily the part that has been missed the most. I think there is also a, um, there is an element of like corporate worship that is missed. It's not quite the same listening to your favorite, you know, praise band on YouTube. There is something about 
um, being together as God's people and singing together. I will, you know, I will acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, mainly those two things like worshiping together as God's people and fellowshipping together as God's people are the things that they have quote missed the most about quote going to church. And so those things can't be replicated on online. And so what would it look like to be the church at the end of the world to recognize that those are the ingredients that people are most longing for? Maybe we wouldn't put as much emphasis on the sermon, quote unquote. Maybe we wouldn't put as much emphasis on performance, you know, like somebody performing up on a stage. Um, because again, we can get that online. Um, interestingly, this last week we held our first worship gathering for the first time in 18 weeks, 18 long weeks of no gathering together. Um, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't, we didn't, and we didn't really even plan much because, uh, in our context, we have been asked not to sing. I think a lot of people probably have have uh, been asked not to do that. And we couldn't have children's programming. So what we basically did was we showed up, we put, we got rid of the tables, by the way, which, which was a, a sad, um, a sad thing for me to do. But we, we put our chairs in a big circle and we kind of uh, distanced them, spread them out. And we just sat around a circle and there was a little time of mingling. There was only about 20 people that showed up, which is, oh, about a third of what would normally show up. I think that was a combination of a number of things. Number one, it's summer. It's always lower attendance. Number two, um, people, no doubt, a little hesitant to get back into the swing of being with crowds. And then number three, um, no children's programming. So, and then number four, actually people didn't want to wear masks, which is another story. But, um, but those I think were the main reasons that people, people didn't come, which is fine. Like I'm all for, and I, I'm a big proponent of smaller groups, which is kind of what I'm talking about here, but we just come, we just came, we mingled, we shared, um, and then we shared some, testimonies, some stories. And I shared a little word, an interactive word, very brief, five to 10 minutes. Um, the whole thing lasted about, oh, maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Um, like I said, the first 30 minutes was kind of just visiting. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, we're kind of all trying to feel it out. Like how close should I be to people even when I'm wearing a mask, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there was, there was some of that. It, it, it wasn't the, 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 the interaction was not as robust as I would have hoped for, but it was a start and we're, you know, my hope, like I would, I would like ultimately my dream is if we just said, you know what, we're going to prioritize the smaller communities. There is something about singing together corporately, um, like with a huge group of people, but there's also something very energizing as well about um, sitting in a living room praising God together in music. Um, so we're we're like we're going week to week with this thing. 
We're meeting, uh, in fact, tomorrow night via Zoom, our leadership to kind of debrief on how it went and to talk about how we want to tweak things going forward. Um, But I would love it. I would love it if if we like our 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 worship gathering was already pretty informal to begin with. But I would love it if we continued to just be informal and um, just like like shed the shed the like fat like just like we didn't do all of these other things that are not necessarily relevant to you know fellowship encouraging one another worshiping God together um, so we'll see how it continues to play out but but here's the thing I was reading this this tweet the other day, um, this woman named Judy Wu Dominic, I don't really know her. Uh, she put it on Twitter, but I thought it was a a very interesting way of putting it. She said the following are sometimes involved in Christian discipleship, but should never be mistaken for it. Book clubs, workshops, conferences, meetings, websites, mission statements, programs, giving people information. Don't be surprised then if your church or parachurch organization deploys primarily the above things to address things like racism, sexism, wealth hoarding, pornography, or abuse of power and is essentially unchanged in 10 years. The kind of disciple-making associated with transformation, check this out, requires relationship, prayerfulness, presence, heart, discernment, highly specific correction, and encouragement and a lot of time. It can't be done wholesale or by overly busy program-centric people. And yet so much American evangelicalism is driven by programs and delivery of information. It's a side effect of capitalistic orientation, commodification, marketing, product delivery, metrics. We're constantly being discipled into the patterns of our world, individualism, consumerism, materialism, hedonism, racial segregation, their spiritual strongholds, what makes us think book clubs, workshops, legalism, information sermons, and conferences can undo all of that. Uh, That's really good. Bottom line is she's saying is that people aren't transformed again as the book Analog Church says, people are not transformed by information transfer. They are transformed by analog, by life on life, life in community, skin to skin, being together, um, contextualizing um, our our discipleship. There's not a, you know, we can't do this one size fits all thing. So God is just, yeah, I think the church at the end of the world will be less one size fits all, will be less template, templative, if that's a word, and will be more uh, life on life. And again, we might like have no choice in the matter. So I think God maybe, if nothing else, is kind of, this is spring training, if nothing else. Like he's trying to get us into shape so we will be in mid-stride when things really go down at some point if they do as many people think they will as far as Christianity goes. So now's the time to get into uh, kind of apocalyptic shape as as God's people, get into apocalyptic shape as, as God's missional people, as God's community of believers, as God's family, is to learn how to be the family of God um, right now 
that doesn't rely on programs and buildings and crowds. So that's my reflections on that. And I hope this uh, hope this is challenging for you and gives you a little bit to ponder. So guys, I'm looking forward to being with you again uh, soon. As I said, I have a few other episodes already lined up, already recorded, and uh, we'll look forward to continuing on the Mission Lab journey um, as we seek to be better disciples and people of God. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at M Lab Podcast. Oh,